Hey there, welcome to the Catch-Up Corner, the podcast where we sit down once a week to discuss the latest pop culture and entertainment media topics. I'm your host, Cameron Tyner. Let's catch up. So, this is it. This is my podcast, uh, the Catch-Up Corner. I'm so glad you're here, um, and I'm so glad that you chose to listen. Um, Like I said, my name is Cameron Tyner, um, and I'm going to be the host of this podcast, And before we get into the main portion of the podcast, I just wanted to take a little bit of time to introduce myself and talk a little bit about why I wanted to start a podcast, why I chose this topic for the podcast, and just to talk a little bit about what's to come for the future of this podcast. So my name is Cameron and I'm 21 years old. I am in college. I'm an English major. Um, I'm currently... um, on winter break for college and I'm taking an intercession class so I have a little bit of my time occupied but I'm mostly free uh, to start this creative endeavor and I'm so excited to be doing so. I'm sure that as we go more in depth in this podcast that you'll learn more about me and about my life but for now I think that's pretty much all you need to know. Um, Aside from why I wanted to start this podcast and why I'm choosing this topic to do it. So, why start a podcast? That's the first question that probably everyone who knows me is going to be asking. Um, And I guess my answer to that would be that I have wanted to start a podcast for as long as I can remember. I love listening to podcasts. I honestly listen to them every single day. And they always provide me such a great entertainment. And I think the great thing about podcasts is that if you're alone, it almost can make you feel like you have a friend to talk to. Um, and that sounds a little bit sad, but I promise I have friends to talk to. Um, if you guys are listening, thanks. Hey. But there's just something special about being alone and being able to like pull up this podcast where these people that you feel like you've grown familiar with are coming to you to talk about whatever they've chosen to talk about. And for me, uh, I am obsessed with pop culture. I love movies. I love TV shows. I'm on every social media. I'm constantly reading books, constantly listening to music. I just feel like I'm a consumer of every form of content that exists out in the world. Um, And so it just made sense to me that if I'm going to be talking about something for like pretty much an hour once a week, it would be pop culture and entertainment media just because those are the things that I consume every single day. Those are the things that I love talking about. And honestly, pop culture is like one of the jumping off points to bond with someone else. I think um, if you mention, oh, I watched this show or have you read this book to someone you barely know, that's instantly something that you guys can bond on. And that's how I've created a lot of relationships in my life. And I think creating a bigger space for bigger conversations um, with more people who aren't just near me locally is something that I find to be a really cool idea. And I think podcasts are great in that way. And if I'm going to talk about something, it's going to be pop culture. So yeah, I don't 
particularly know where everything is going to go for this podcast. Um, I can't predict the future and what will happen, but I do have kind of a plan for now, um, and that's kind of to just set up some different segments or categories that I'll discuss every week, um, and it'll be kind of like catching up about pop culture together. We'll, um, you know, settle into a cozy corner. I'm actually in a corner in my room. I've got a nice little lamp set up and my microphone, my headphones, my laptop, and um, I'm just in a cozy little corner, and I hope you are too, or maybe you're driving or doing the dishes or something, Um, maybe some laundry, (laughs) but um, I think we can just consider this a little time for us to catch up about all the fun things to talk about, like pop culture. Um, So before I get started, let me just give you a rundown of the segments or topics that we're going to cover every week until I decide that this is bogus and I want to change it up. So the first segment will be a celebrity news catch up. Um, And I'll talk about, you know, whatever I've seen in the news that week about celebrities, what they're up to, anything that's breaking information, we'll talk about that. The next thing we'll talk about is films. Um, And we'll have a movie news section where we'll talk about, you know, what are actors or directors or producers saying about the films that they're working on, what kind of information is coming out about upcoming films. And then if there's any new and noteworthy films coming out later that week, I'll point that out too and we can talk about them a little bit. And then also I'm going to start something called Movie of the Week. Um, And that's going to be maybe a movie I've seen this past week that I want to tell you about and encourage you to see. Or a movie that is on my watch list and I'll plan to watch before the next episode. So the next category will be uh, TV. And we'll have a TV series roundup, recap, and news. Um, First we'll cover uh, the roundup and the news. Basically, um, this will just be a section about any kind of TV series that are making the news, um, if shows are being canceled or created or renewed, um, if actors are talking about their TV shows and it's making the news, um, that's kind of where I'll talk about that. The next section will be a TV recap, um, and in this section I'll be talking about TV shows that I'm currently watching and loving, hopefully. I mean, if I really hate a show and I need to warn you guys, then I guess I could do that too, (laughs) um... But yeah, and I'll probably give a brief like introduction to the shows and then I'll inform you guys if I'm going to go through any spoilers or talk about like what I've been seeing in the show that you might not want to hear if you plan on watching it in the future. And then the next section will be music news um, and I'll talk about if any new albums or songs are coming out from like big name artists, um, when they're dropping, what the like cover art looks like, what people are saying, all of that kind of stuff. And then if there's no big music news that I can find, um, then I'll just talk about like an album or two that I've been listening to and that I think maybe you guys should check out. And then our last section will be my current book section. Um, I'll talk about what book I'm reading, if I'm liking it, how far into it I am, if I'd recommend it, and then hopefully (laughs) I finish it and then I can tell you my thoughts on the book. Um, But yeah, that's just like a rundown of what the podcast is going to be like. Um, for at least a little while, while I'm getting into it, that's kind of what I have planned out for now. So now that we have the podcast all laid out, I think it's a perfect time to get right into it. Uh, so let's catch up. First, we're going to talk about celebrity news. I think 
we all know that we have to talk about the Golden Globes because they just happened for the first time in person since 2021. Uh, There was a lot of issues with the Golden Globes last year. If you're not super informed about that, um, briefly, the Golden Globes, as we all know, are chosen by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And the Hollywood Foreign Press Association voting pool was extremely lacking in diversity. Uh, There were about 87 members, I believe, and not a single one of those members was black. Um, And they were rightfully called out on this by the Los Angeles Times, I believe, um, just ahead of the Golden Globes last year, which caused a extreme rift um, right before the Golden Globes and the Golden Globes ceremony ended up being canceled, which I think was for the best because the the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has done some effort to improve the conditions of their voting pool. They hired new voters, they've tried to diversify, they've put into place DEI training for their members and voters, and I think that they really made a genuine effort. Um, I do still think it's unfortunate that this had to happen and that there are organizations in Hollywood that are this way. Um, but I can't say that I'm surprised by it. So I'm glad that these changes were made. Um, and I was interested because of all of this to see what the Golden Globes would be like this year. Of course they had Gerard Carmichael hosting and he had some great moments of talking about this and, uh, talking about the racial diversity issues and, um, I really, really liked him as a host. Um, yeah. But other than that, I think it's only fair for us to discuss some of the iconic winners, the iconic moments. So, yeah, let's just get right into it. First up, uh, we have Best Motion Picture Drama, and The Fablemans won this category, which I'll be honest, I was a little surprised by because we had Top Gun Maverick in this category, we had Tar, we had Avatar, The Way of Water, we had Elvis. I think it really could have gone to any of these films. Um, and I want to say, like, The Fablemans was probably the one I was least expecting, but it was a really great thing to see Steven Spielberg up there talking about this film, especially when it's so close to home for him. And it was a really sweet moment, I think. And I still haven't seen it. Um... But I know that's still playing in theaters, so I'm going to try and get out there and see it if I get a chance to go to the theater. And, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Loved that for Steven Spielberg, and I thought he gave a great speech. It was really touching. Next, I want to talk about Best Motion Picture Comedy or Musical. Also a category that surprised me. I really was banking on Everything Everywhere All at Once, just because... I have not seen a film like this in probably, actually probably ever, because it was so different, so weird and fantastical and funny, but then also so profound with such a great, like, underlying story with a beautiful meaning, and I don't think there's a lot of modern movies out there that have a plotline that covers motherhood and the relationship between a mother and daughter and how complex it can be. Um, 
and I think it was portrayed really well in this film as well as many other deep topics while also being so weird and so funny and crazy and so I thought it was going to take the cake but the Banshees of Inishirin one which seemed to be a highly acclaimed film they have lots lots and lots and lots of nominations um and I'm gonna have to get out there and see this one too the next category I want to point out is best television series musical or comedy and the winner for this category was Abbott Elementary which I was so excited about I think this show is so funny has such a fresh perspective and awesome 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 ensemble cast it's truly amazing and Quinta Brunson is such a cool creator and star of the show and I just love to see it win and I loved to see the sweep that this show did I wasn't really expecting it I was expecting them to get some wins here and there but there were a lot of nominations for Abbott Elementary and a lot of wins which was so so exciting um and I, I didn't predict that I actually like I'm sure a lot of people do got the full list of nominations before watching and I went through and I was like this is who I think is gonna win and as I was watching I like had my predictions pulled up and I would put in the winner as it was announced and I, I definitely, I feel like I did better than I expected. I got 15 correct, but I definitely could have done better for sure. And I will be trying to improve as award season continues on. But other than that, I am so happy that Ella Marie won this category. And I just love that. And then for Best Limited Series, of course, White Lotus won. And realistically, we have the dropout, we have Blackbird, we have Dahmer, we have Pam and Tommy. There's some things going on there. I thought, you know, maybe it'll be the dropout, maybe it'll be Blackbird. But in my head, in my heart, <laughs> I knew that this award show could not go on if White Lotus did not win. Because this show is so entertaining, so fabulous. It, it has everything and more, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode, but The White Lotus is such a brilliant show. Mike White, I love you for creating this. <laughs> I'm saying that like he's listening, but this show is just so entertaining. It's so funny. It's so intriguing. Like, you just can't stop watching it. I literally feel like I could watch a million seasons of this show. I could watch specifically a million seasons of Jennifer Coolidge and Aubrey Plaza in this show. Simply so amazing. Of course, Jennifer Coolidge stole the show by winning um, uh, Best Supporting Actress for a limited series because how could she not win? You know what I'm saying? Like, she killed this show. Like, and honestly, hearing her speech was so amazing. I, when she won, I was like, Honestly, what is Jennifer Coolidge going to get up there and say? And really, there was no way of knowing. But I think she gave an amazing speech. She's so funny. She's so witty. And she has this way of talking. I was actually talking to a friend about this. And they were like, she almost just like talks like she's speaking out of this unfiltered part of her brain. And you're just hearing like everything she's thinking like without any sort of filter, any, any like, 
pulling back. It's just raw Jennifer Coolidge thoughts. And whenever I was having that conversation, I was like, honestly, you're so right. Like, that is what's so interesting about hearing her talk is just you never know what's going to happen and you know that she's going to say whatever comes to mind. And I thought she was hilarious. I thought it was completely inspiring to see someone who has had such a fabulous career, who has been in this industry forever, who everyone knows who Jennifer Coolidge is. She's been been around forever, been working forever in Hollywood, and still she is not as respected and she doesn't get as much credit for her work. And to see her awarded in this way was really honestly emotional. Like, I got a little bit teary-eyed watching this. Um, and she was so grateful to so many people who have helped her and have seen her for who she is in her career. And I really, really, really loved seeing that. So, yeah, <laughs> that was my tangent on Jennifer Coolidge. But The White Lotus, best show ever, had to win. And Mike White also gave a phenomenal speech. He was so teary-eyed. It was so sweet. Um, and I was extremely happy to see this show win. And then for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, we had Kate Blanchett for Tar, which this film, in my opinion, is literally Oscar bait. But, you know, that's, that's debatable. Like I said, it's my opinion. However, I... Because it's Oscar bait, like, it's good Oscar bait. You know, like, you see this and you're like, yep, Kate Blanchett's gonna win. And she did. Um, and I'm sure she will continue to throughout this award season. But she wasn't there. And this is the main reason for me bringing up this category because this was also something so interesting that I found about the Golden Globes was that so many of the categories, the winner wasn't there. Like, Kay Blanchett wasn't there. Amanda Seyfried wasn't there. Zendaya wasn't there. And I almost want to be like, okay, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, if you, you know, you're tallying up the votes, right? Whatever accounting firm they they said tallies up the votes. They're tallying them up, and then they give them to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And the Hollywood Foreign Press Association goes to the list of attendees for the Golden Globes. Wouldn't, I don't know, I just feel like, if I saw, okay, this person won, Kay Blanchett wins, she's not even coming, but this person's here, this person's here, this person's here, let's go to the second person and see if, the second most votes, and let's see if they're coming. Let's give it to them. Honestly, that's, that's how I, that's how I think it should be. And, you know, they could give them a disclaimer, like, disclaimer by n not agreeing, oh, like, as a nominated actor, not agreeing to come to the ceremony lowers your chances or whatever, you know? Honestly, maybe that would make more people come. <laughs> maybe they should be taking pointers from me. But I'm just saying, if she won and then let's say Viola Davis had the second most votes and she was there, why not give it to Viola Davis, you know? Keep keep the award show spicy. But they can but then again, maybe they need some people that aren't there because they always go over time. I don't know. This is food for thought. I'm just saying. 
anyway, congrats, Kate. Um, wherever she may be. <laughs> the next category was best performance by an actress in a musical or comedy. And of course, Michelle Yeoh won for everything, everywhere, all at once. Rightfully so. Her speech was so moving. I love to see it so much. If anyone else would have won, I would have been devastated because no one deserved it more than her. And like I was talking about this film earlier, Michelle Yeoh's character truly carried the depth that I was talking about earlier, like, just on her back. Like, the other actors were phenomenal, of course. Some of them were nominated as well. Um, but that plot line that really stuck with me from the film was executed by Michelle Yeoh for the most part. And seeing her win was kind of, like, similar to Jennifer Coolidge in that this is her first Golden Globe. She's, like, 60, 61 years old, has been working in the industry forever, and it's just so inspiring to see people be recognized when they should have been being recognized this whole time and to see how grateful she was and how eloquent she was as a speaker. It was so beautiful. I was so happy to see her win. Like, once again, I was tearing up. <laughs> and the next category that I want to talk about for a different reason <laughs> is best performance by an actress in a limited series anthology series or motion picture made for television and the winner of this category was amanda seyfried for the dropout which of course she won an emmy for this role already she earned it you know she she earned this win however the girlies of this category were not there they were not showing up and you know who was showing up? Jessica Chastain. <laughs> showing up and showing out in both this role and at the Golden Globes. So I'm just saying. I'm bringing you back to my idea of Amanda Seyfried wins. They're like, oh wait, she's not coming. Let's say my girl Jessica had the next highest number of votes. She could have won. Gave a lovely speech entertain the people, mainly myself, who is incredibly biased. She's my girl. And especially in Georgia and Tammy. I can't say enough good things about this show. And I can't say enough good things about Jessica Chastain's performance in the show. You know, I'm sure all these other performances are just as deserving. However, my girl was singing. She was doing an accent. And not only singing, but also singing live in every episode. You know, not recorded. Just just going off with no backing track. That's crazy. And you know what? I'm happy for Amanda Seyfried. And I saw her Instagram video, and she's so wholesome. So I can't, I can't hate her for winning and not being there. But I'm just saying, they should consider my idea. And while I'm on the topic of bringing up Jessica Chastain, let's talk about the SAG Awards nominations. Um, and yes, I know I didn't cover every Golden Globes category, but like, number one, does anybody really want me to do that? Um, and number two, these categories are the most interesting to me. These categories had the best moments. And yeah, loved it. Also, 
one more notable thing. Eddie Murphy giving his speech and then being like, three tips for success. And one of his tips was about Will Smith. What? That was, that was so crazy. But, alright. And one last thing I want to say. Andrew Garfield being snubbed consistently at every award show is so devastating. Like, we really chose Evan Peters when we had Andrew Garfield for Under the Banner of Heaven. I, I just can't. But this brings me back to my next point, which is the SAG Awards, the Screen Actors Guild. I love the SAG Awards. I think they really, really, really focus on who is giving amazing performances. Sometimes you see the underdog win at the SAG Awards, and that can be really empowering and inspiring. And so maybe my boy Andrew has a chance at the SAGs, you know? I have hope for him. But I won't get into too much detail about the SAG Awards right now because, you know, we have we have some time to discuss because the SAG Awards are going to be on February 26th and they're streaming live on Netflix, which is a whole other thing to talk about. Like, first of all, when has Netflix live streamed anything? Like, <laughs> name a thing that you've watched live streaming on Netflix. For me, nothing. Like, I've never heard of that. But I think it'll be interesting. And what I also think is interesting is that my... This is what you're going to learn about me right now. And, you know, it's fine that we're covering it in the first episode. It needs to be covered early on. (laughs) My two favorite actresses are Emily Blunt and Jessica Chastain. And they are nominated for the same exact category for the SAG Awards this year. This is terrifying to me personally because I will not know how to act for several reasons. Number one, who do I root for? You know? Emily Blunt for The English, which is crazy good on Amazon Prime. And then, of course, Jessica Chastain, George and Tammy. Tammy Wynette iconic. What do I do? You know? Who do I root for? I will never be able to decide. But there is a possibility that they'll be interacting at the SAG Awards, which is a dream because they're friends in real life. Of course. Would you expect me to stand two actresses who aren't friends in real life? Like, come on. Like, that's just so on brand for me. So the possibility of seeing them interact and you know, getting a photo or something. That is a that is a dream for me. Other than that, SAG Award nominations looked pretty good. And like I said, we'll talk about them more as the SAG Awards themselves draw nearer um, on February 26th. So yeah, that is pretty much all I have to say for celebrity news. Moving right along to our film news section, I didn't find too terribly much in the news this week, but I did see something that caught my eye, and that was that Joel McHale announced on Jimmy Kimmel that the Community movie will start filming in June. 
and that is so exciting. Everyone loves Community. It's an awesome show, and I'm so happy. When I saw that six seasons in a movie post, I was like, you're kidding. So, it's really exciting, and I know they had some kind of hiccups, I think, but they're finally starting filming this summer in June, and it's really exciting. There's obviously no release date yet, and the cast is still not confirmed, so if there's anyone that you're holding out on, and you're like, please let them be in the show, there's still hope. There's still hope, I'm told. <laughs> um, one other thing that I want to talk about is A Man Called Otto comes out this Friday, January 13th. It stars Tom Hanks, and it's based on the novel A Man Called Oath. And this was the number one thing that I was like, wait, what's going on here? When I saw that this film was being made, because I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure that's a book, but it's not called Otto. <laughs> and I was like, it's it's 100% a man called Ove. Um, and I looked this up and apparently the name change is to reflect the American setting. So the novel is a Swedish novel set in Sweden, written by a Swedish author. And um, this movie is going to be set in America. Obviously, Tom Hanks is playing Otto. And so they felt like Otto is a more American name and reflected the setting better than Ove. So yeah. So now let's move on to movie of the week. My movie of the week this week is going to be, I feel like I should like insert a drum roll, a drum roll here. The movie of the week is Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I mean, come on. I saw this movie last night and as soon as I was thinking of this category, I was like, it has to be Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. This movie was so awesome. I really enjoyed it. Honestly, I was a little bit nervous coming into it because it was two hours and 26 minutes. And I was like, am I going to be able to tolerate the length of that? <laughs> um, but lucky for everyone, I was able to. I loved it. Did not want it to end for a second. Did not feel too long to me at all. That's how good it was. The performances were so stunning and I felt like the cinematography was so well done for like capturing the year that it was supposed to be in each setting of the film like it literally was amazing how they did that I was like this looks so authentic it was amazing and I just wanted to say that Naomi Aki is stunning in this film not only in the beautiful sense but her performance is stunning um, she played Whitney Houston so gracefully, in my opinion, and she really did justice to that role. Um, and I hadn't seen her before. Uh, the end of The Effing World, I think she was in that. Um, I saw that she played a character called Bonnie. Um, but yeah, maybe I need to give that a go and see about Bonnie because she was amazing in this movie. Stanley Tucci also gave an amazing performance as the record exec Clive Davis. I personally just adore Stanley Tucci. I lovingly call him the Tooch all the time. Like, literally when he first showed up on the screen, I was like, the Tooch. Like, I love him. Um, and he did amazing as always. I think he did extreme justice to his character from what I could tell. Um, and when they showed the photo of Whitney Houston and Clive Davis at the end that they, like, recreated in the film, I was like, this is amazing. They look <laughs> just like them. Uh, obviously within reason, but he really looked like Clive Davis. It was crazy. Okay, so let's move on to the TV series roundup and news. For this week's TV series roundup, I'm going to be talking about two 
limited series that you absolutely need to watch as soon as you finish this podcast. You need to turn it off when you're done, obviously. And then go to your living room, turn on your TV, and watch one of these. And then when you finish that one, watch the other one. Um, so first up, I'm going to be talking about Blackbird. Um, Blackbird is a limited series on Apple TV. It is so fascinating, pretty anxiety-inducing, but overall a beautifully done show. Um, and from what I can tell, does justice to the true story that it tells. So this series follows a man named Jimmy who has recently been arrested and sentenced to many years in prison for drug-related crimes, and he is promised his release from prison if he assists these detectives in their attempt to pin down this man for the murder of several young girls. Um, he's a serial killer, but he's also a serial confessor. So the detectives um, and everyone involved in this case is facing the possibility that this man who they think has killed these young girls is going to be released from prison. prison. It is a possibility. Um, and in order to stop that, they enlist the help of Jimmy. And the whole series follows this storyline of Jimmy meeting this other man in prison um, and what it's like for him. And it is a really, really fascinating story. I really enjoyed watching it. And it was just such an unexpected, fabulous watch. Like, amazing work here. <laughs> um, and then the other show that I think you have to watch, and I know, I know you know what I'm going to say, okay? I know you know. The White Lotus. The White Lotus, two seasons. If you haven't watched the first one, you don't have to watch them in order, really, I don't think. But, like, you need to watch it, okay? So just go and watch that one. It has a beautiful cast, great people. It's got Connie Britton, Sydney Sweeney, obviously, Jennifer Coolidge, lots of other people that do great performances. It's a really great season. But season two, oh, man, it is so good. Uh, it's set in Italy, which is literally so amazing like it's just so beautiful the whole time they're there drinking Aperol spritzes and doing nothing <laughs> I envied them so much but not really because their lives are messes and that's what makes it so interesting to watch rich people just experiencing everything and nothing at the same time it's 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 really lovely um and I cannot stress to you enough how good the show is so go and watch it Come back and tell me how much you love it. Look forward to it. And, I mean, there's a reason this show is getting so many nominations. That's all I have to say. Now, moving on to the TV recap. I am going to be talking about two iconic shows again. First up, I'm going to be talking about George and Tammy, my new favorite show, because number one, it was fabulous. Number two, I love Jessica Chastain, as I've said. Ever since she was in Scenes for Marriage, I've been waiting for her next limited series because Scenes for Marriage may be the best show that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and George and Tammy is such a great show. It is so different from anything that Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain have done before. They do amazing, amazing jobs. They play George Jones and Tammy Wynette um, throughout the course of their marriage and their lives 
it's really amazing and the last episode just came out last Friday and of course I watched it immediately and it was so beautiful I was really scared ahead of this episode um this is where the spoiler alert comes in so spoiler spoiler spoilers incoming so if you want to watch George and Tammy you don't want to hear my recap just do 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 skip through this. Um, ahead of the last episode, I was really scared because I was really scared that Tammy Wynette was going to die in the next episode, which, yeah, she kind of did. But I will say that the ending was so sweet and happy. I feel like the series itself was starting to get bleak for a while. It's like something violent's always happening. Someone is always abusing drugs or alcohol. Like, this is their real lives, and it's really bleak. I spent the whole show just feeling like, man, like, Tammy Wynette really had a rough, rough go of it. Her life was so tough, and, you know, it ended too soon. And whenever I saw the preview, and she was, like, lying in the hospital bed, and George Jones went to see her, I was like, <laughs> that's what's gonna destroy me. But I really just loved the ending. I thought them singing on the tour bus was so perfect um, after all the trials and tribulations of the episode and those prior. I thought it was a really great ending. And honestly, the harmonies were perfect. They really were perfect. And that's not too many spoilers. I feel like that's a good amount of spoilers. <laughs> um, so yeah, watch George and Tammy if you haven't. I really recommend it. Next up, um, I want to talk about what I'm currently watching, which is a limited series called Bad Sisters. It's on Apple TV, and it's about a host of five sisters who are really close, and one of the sisters' husband dies, and, and this is where I'm going to get into the spoilers. I know what you're thinking. That's really sad. And no, it's not sad. He was a horrible man. And all the sisters hate him. So the premise of the show is, who killed this man? Was it the sisters? Are they bad sisters? You know, that's the that's a premise. Now I'm going to talk about what just happened in the episode that I watched. So in the episode I just watched, Eva and Bibi came together and tried to kill John Paul. And... Obviously, I had a feeling they weren't going to be successful because they were trying to blow up this cabin that he was staying in, and obviously his body was intact in the first episode. And there's a scene where Eva, Bibi, they light the house on fire that he's supposedly in. They were literally trying to kill him, and he was outside, not inside the house that they set on fire so when he sees it he literally like goes insane and it's very entertaining I will give it that um but also I do believe that when he was outside of the house he was trying to call BB which they never say why so maybe that'll be in the next episode but I feel like that definitely has something to do with it um yeah but what an interesting show like do they end up killing him my prediction, and you guys can hold me to this next time, my prediction is that they didn't kill him, but obviously they tried to, and they are scared that their attempt to kill him is going to get turned into 
they're the suspects for murder. Like, literally, you tried to kill someone and then he dies. Like, obviously, you did it. Or did they? That's the whole point of the show, I think. But yeah, I think I'm done spoiling it for now. If you watched it, let me know what you think. If you haven't watched it, give it a try. I can't say if it's going to end well, but I can say it's going good so far. So that's it for TV news. Now I'm going to talk about some musical news. I will say, I don't feel like there's too much going on in music right now. Um, As far as like big name artists go. Um, the only kind of musical news that I saw is that Gracie Abrams announced her new album, Good Riddance, and she has a single coming out as you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on the 13th. It comes out today, so that's exciting. I'm pumped to listen to it. I love Gracie Abrams, and um, she also opened up a little bit about um, working with The National and more specifically Erin Dessner for this album that she is going to release. And I am so thrilled about that because I think her sound comparatively with The National is so good. Like putting those two, that group and that person together is going to create phenomenal music. I'm 100% sure. So I'm really looking forward to that. Let me know what you think about um, Where Do We Go Now. If you listen to it, I'm really excited to hear it myself. Um, But that's basically all the music news I ran into. So yeah, other than that, I wanted to just, you know, toss in a little bit of the music that I've been listening to lately. Um, Yeah, so I hope you're interested to hear that and I hope that you'll give these two albums a listen if you want first up unconventional but i think you should listen to the george and tammy soundtrack it is so good they work so hard to make it sound authentic and like i wouldn't even describe myself as a country music listener but the soundtrack is so phenomenal your good girl's gonna go bad stand by your man two-story house i just can't I don't want to play house. All those songs are so good and so many more. So yeah, give it a listen. If you're watching George and Tammy and you're like, man, I like this. Soundtrack is out. If you love Jessica Chastain or Michael Shannon, soundtrack's out. Like, what are you doing? And if you just trust me, listen to those songs I just said because they're fire. Of course, just like literally everyone else, I've been listening to SOS by SZA. And I really wanted to talk about this because... Number one, yes, everyone should still be listening to it. And number two, I feel like I have an unpopular opinion about it. And one of my favorite songs, I don't know if it's my favorite, is F2F. F2F, you know? Everyone hates that song, from what I've seen on TikTok. Everyone's like, the only skip is F2F. What? I get it. It's a little more rocker for SZA than, like, the rest of the album or any of her other music. But... It is such a good song. I'm obsessed with it. I also love Kill Bill, just like everyone else. Ghost in the Machine, B.B. Bridgers. Like, are you serious? I can't even deal with that. So yeah, let me know. Do you like F2F? Do you not? I want to know. Because all I've seen is hate for F2F. And literally, it's so good. So yeah, that's all I've got for music this week. But yeah, 
lastly, I just want to talk about um, the books that I'm currently reading. Yes, I did say books because I'm so obnoxious. But um, typically, on your average day, I'm reading a real book, you know, hardback, paperback, one of those, and then I'm reading a book on my phone. And that's what this is. Um, so I've just recently started The It Girl by Ruth Ware and Beautiful World, Where Are You by Sally Rooney. I'm not really into The It Girl very far. I just started it. Like, I think I'm on page, like, 50 or so. Um, and I'm liking what I've read so far, but I'm not super, like, invested in the story yet. So hopefully that is to come. I'm reading The It Girl because I'm trying to get invested in the Redheads Book Club podcast. Um... And that is what they read for January. So hopefully I finish that soon and I can listen to that podcast episode. Because I really want to keep up with them this year. And I'm also reading Beautiful World Where Are You by Sally Rooney. It's her latest novel. And I loved Conversations with Friends. Loved Normal People. And I'm excited to see where Beautiful World Where Are You goes. So far, so good. Like, I love it so far. But I need to just keep going. Hopefully... Maybe I'll finish one of these by the next time we talk. I think that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm shook. Um, I've been talking for a long time, which is crazy. I don't really talk to myself out loud, so this is different. Uh, <laughs> but I had a great time doing it, talking about things that I love to talk about. And I just want to say, if you made it all this way, uh, thank you so much for being here and listening, even if you don't know me, even if you do know me, thanks for putting up with me for more minutes than you're required to on a daily basis. But if you don't know me, thank you so much for being here and being interested in what I have to say. I am so looking forward to the future of this podcast. I can't wait to see where it goes and what it turns into and who I get to meet because of it. Um, I hope all of you have a great week. I can't wait to catch up with you all next week. Talk soon. Wow. We did it, folks. We did it.